0: Welcome to America's Commercial Real Estate Show, your source for intel, forecasts, and success strategies. Hi, I'm Michael Bull. Thanks for being with us. We have a great show for you today. We're going to talk about technology. You know, the amount of technology that's been, the amount of companies, the amount invested in technology for the financial world and the commercial real estate world is really incredible what's going on right now. and you uh, you look at all the data, all the data that we have available now to help people make great real estate decisions, the question becomes, what should we use, what should we not use, how should we use this data, how should we use this technology, and which ones we should use? That's what we're going to talk about today. Please welcome my first guest. We have Bill Fisher on the phone with us. He is CEO and founder of Plum Lending. Bill, thanks for joining us.
1: Thanks for being here, Michael. Always, always a pleasure to be with you.
0: Now, Bill, briefly to get us started, um, tell the listeners and viewers what you guys do at Plum Lending because it's pretty, pretty unique to think about what you can do online w- with your firm today.
1: Yeah, thanks, Michael. At Plum Lending, we've chosen to uh, believe that uh, by focusing on data science. We can help transform at least some of the stodgier, stodgier areas of uh, commercial real estate lending. You may know that big data has been slow to arrive um, in the commercial real estate lending world, uh, but now that it now that it begins to arrive, it looks like it has the power to transform really virtually every aspect across the spectrum
0: yeah it's it's really amazing the data that that we use day to day helping people make decisions, whether it's for their uh, corporate real estate needs or for their uh, investment needs and their financing needs and uh with with plum lending. GetYourPlumLoan.com if you're, if you're not driving, if you're at your office, uh, pull up another browser and, and check out this site because um, you can kind of put in your information and you guys help them kind of very quickly uh, get to some great sources for financing, right?
1: Absolutely. And um, again, the use of data just um, can not, not only make the process much faster, for, uh, for those that are, that are in the commercial real estate markets, but, but a lot better. It really has the opportunity to make profound changes across the spectrum, and, I, and I'll just give you one example, Michael. We just launched the first ever fully automated commercial real estate appraisal platform. Commercial real estate appraisals um, have really not kept pace at all with the explosion of big data. Um, most commercial real estate appraisals have, have, have re- are relatively unchanged since the mid 1990s. As a result, they take too long. Um, they're, they're largely accomplished in Word and Excel as static paper-based PDFs. Um, and we've been able to access data and and take a, a process that today often takes 45 to 60 days to get a commercial real estate appraisal ordered and 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 actually delivered and collapse that down to five. So it's not just the advent of of speed, but it's also making it better. Uh, For about the same prices, you would end up paying for the time and the materials for someone to go out and take pictures of a building. Today, you can hire a drone to circle that building several hundred times and actually build a 3D model of the building. (laughs) So it's, it's a brand new age that's coming.
0: Yeah, that's that's great and fantastic. And what do you say, Bill, to someone that is maybe apprehensive out there about uh, going to an online system, let's say, to shop for a loan and start entering information about themselves and their project uh, online to get some initial quotes? And if they're apprehensive, what do you say to them?
1: Yeah, well, I, I would encourage uh, anyone, whether it's in commercial real estate lending or any other aspect of life, not to adopt any technology that, that they don't feel comfortable with. One of the approaches that we took um, in building plumb lending is we have as much technology as you would like to access. So we have uh, you know live relationship managers that work directly with our clients, but they plug in as much technology as, as the client would like, would like to see. We have clients that only want to interact with us um, in an online fashion and we have those who would like to plug into us through live conversation and, and have, that, have that conversation and that transaction enabled by, by the use of high speed, high speed data and, and transaction technology. So I, I don't think it makes any sense to try to force people to, to move in a direction. Um, I think once they have a chance to sample things at their own pace, uh, they, they they will adopt, of course, a better solution and one that's
0: faster. And earlier you used the word stodgy, <laughs> talking about some of the commercial real estate ways of doing business. So what do you say to why has the commercial real estate industry maybe been a little slower to adapt to new technologies versus some of the other uh, industries?
1: Yeah, I think there's a couple of things that, that are at play there, Michael, in, in the speed of change or the lack of speed of change in the commercial real estate markets. One, one has to do with the sheer complexity. So if you look at some of the changes that have taken place in, in credit card or consumer credit or business credit, those, those areas are far less, less complex than commercial real estate. Um, so I think the, 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 the complexity itself has proven daunting. I think another reason is, you know, most entrepreneurs are, are the drivers of change, and most entrepreneurs are out to change things that they have personally experienced that they believe can go better. It's only a tiny fraction of, of, of the American business community that has even experienced owning a commercial real estate property. There's something less than a couple of million property owners, as you know, you, you have to be somewhat wealthy to actually play in the game. And most entrepreneurs being young, they just haven't experienced that, so there's been, a lack of, there's been a lack of entrepreneurial talent attached to what is inherently a complex issue. I will mention on that topic, though, the change is coming. Um, um, of course, innovation has to be financed because innovation doesn't pay for itself at the outset. But there are huge pools of capital that have now been formed to attack the commercial real estate fintech industry. And for three p- typical reasons. One is the, the money that's stacked up for innovation looks for large markets. Of course, commercial real estate being on the order of 13 trillion is one of the largest asset classes out there. The money that's stacked up around innovation looks for markets that have been slow to adopt technology. And everyone agree, would agree that that's true of the commercial real estate world. And last, the money that's, that's, that's tied up around innovation looks for markets that are inefficient. And I don't think there's any of your listeners who are at work in any of the different aspects of commercial real estate that wouldn't agree that the commercial real estate markets are still largely uh, very inefficient. So change is coming. Uh, It's certainly time for your listeners to pay attention.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree. There's a lot of technology that uh, should be used. Uh, most recently, we created a, a new website. So now you can go sign online a confidentiality agreement. We can release the information to you instantly if we want or after we approve you. And then you actually make an offer on a property, sign a letter of intent on our website. And one of the things that Seemingly, and I think you touched on it, is uh, uh, why commercial real estate has been slow to react to technology. Is you know you have that is complex. Uh, that every property and situation is a little different, and it also comes down to you know relationships as well, right?
1: Yeah, it absolutely does. Although I would I would mention that the sheer complexity of it um, is actually a boon for those who who will begin to attack. Uh, the inefficiencies through data science. Um, Of course, data science partly depends upon being able to access huge and complex databases and then see within those databases um, um, you know, heretofore unknown uh, relationships between different pieces of data that produce actual insights. Again, the fact that commercial real estate is so complex uh, then then, then yields the fact that you have you know, a huge number of very complex databases that you can draw on. and That means that now that data science is beginning to come to the commercial real estate markets, you should see things accelerate at a blinding pace.
0: Yeah, we're talking with Bill Fisher, CEO of Plum Lending, and and they uh, have a system where you can initially do some check-in with your property and find out uh, the lenders that are most... Uh, gonna be most uh, interested in your loan give you the best deal well Bill what else would you say to the commercial real estate viewers and listeners about technology what should they think about it how should they pick maybe what technology to use and how to incorporate them in, and how to have them all work together
1: again I think given the fact that it, it is a complex world I, I think uh, most people in the commercial real estate world are going to want to adopt the technology at their own pace I think mm-hmm. they're going to look for providers like Plum Lending, that offer you a mix of of, of high-tech, high-touch personal service, and as much technology as you as you would like to employ, um, but without actually force-feeding you technology in a way that could cause you uh, to be concerned either about the sanctity of your data um, or, or about the actual experience. So, I, I would encourage people to, to 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 use the technology that they they encounter but to do so in a way that that allows them to, to mix it with the relationship that makes them comfortable.
0: Yeah, I like that. That's fantastic, because one of the things I do is I look at transactions. I've been doing it for 30 years, and sometimes when I see transactions have a problem, it's when they weren't enough touch. There wasn't enough people involved with experience, with brains, that could could think live and think through the deal. So I like that. Let's get it started with technology, but use what you need to be efficient. Uh, Still get involved relationships. Great information, Bill. Thanks for joining us today.
1: Thanks for having me,
0: Michael. And stay tuned. We're going to have more on technology on for financial uses and for commercial real estate. We'll talk more about what you should know about technology, what technology you can, can, should consider for your business. Stay with us. I'm Michael Bull. This is America's Commercial Real Estate Show. Welcome back. I'm Michael Ball, and this is America's Commercial Real Estate Show. Today, we're talking about technology, and I'd like to thank GetValuate.com for sponsoring this segment. If you want to check them out. You can do online analysis of either simple or complex real estate deals and share it with colleagues online. It's GetValuate.com. Well, today, we're talking about technology. Please welcome my next guest. Steve Barnes. He's president of Barnes Creative Studios, and he's here in Studio One. Steve, thanks for being with us. Thanks for having me. And Steve, I think there's a lot of confusion out there about technology uh, in the commercial real estate space when it comes to video, when it comes to drones, when it comes to virtual reality. I mean, this seems like a lot. It's evolving. It's changing. So let's talk about it a little bit. Some of the things that, that you guys do.
2: First, tell us about Matterport and what can be done there. Matterport's a pretty amazing tool. I mean, Matterport is, I mean, everyone has heard of it by now. I think they're about a little over three years in. The difference is it's data and not a photograph. So that's one of the reasons I think Google just eliminated their business view, because it was fish-eyed images. You have a dead end. You can't do anything else with it. You have a picture and you're done. With Matterport, it's data. So when you go into a space, whatever that is, whether it's a one boardroom or one complete lobby of a high-rise, You're able to capture all that data and do a ton of stuff with it later, whether that's making fly-through videos or putting a walk-through up on someone's website for a space. Like if you're leasing a space, somebody can walk through and look at everything. And tell us about some of the creative things you've seen done with Matterport. Sure, Matterport, the ability to make the fly-through videos is pretty impressive. And that's usually, what's funny is that's the wow factor when people see it after. And it's really just a byproduct of the Matterport virtual tour. But for commercial real estate, I have a lot of leasing um, outlets who will take the entire space and create a walkthrough of it. But you can also create these fly-through videos with little pop-ups or talking about, you know, what could be here, what could be there, or even build animations inside after the fact. So go in and add people, add furniture, add stuff, that's not part of Matterport, but that's stuff you can do after the fact.
0: Right. And you can buy these Matterport cameras, right? But
2: what about the production? What about the producer behind it? It, I think it's a big difference. Yeah. We, we take all that very seriously. A lot of people have just bought a camera and, and that's great to get in, but you really need to be with that camera a long time to understand all the things that it that it can do and kind of the, the, the pitfalls of the camera. So. If, I would just say if you're going to hire a Matterport producer to investigate what brands are they working with, who have they worked with in the past, and absolutely ask to see examples.
0: And then what, are they, what can they do, what's their ability to do in post, right? It,
2: the, the magic that they advertise is anyone can push the button, yeah. right, which is an iPad that's connected to it and it captures data. That, that's accurate. After the fact, there's stitching that goes on. There's a bunch of manipulation that goes on with the actual user experience that I think that's where the experience comes in. Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't suggest buying a camera unless you had somebody on your team that had a post-production background. Right. It, it would make it painful if you didn't. Right. That
0: makes sense. So give us an idea of what uh, the time it would take to do a Matterport uh, production cost and, and, and what you might get out of that as a, as a final product.
2: It's all about the data size and the Mm -hmm. space. So really up to about 5,000 square feet, that would take probably two or two and a half hours to capture all the data and probably another three to four hours doing all the magic afterwards. And that magic could be making a fly-through video. It could be making the actual tour where you want people to go. So if I captured this entire desk and I only wanted people to go in one area, I could turn off all the other rooms and maybe turn them on later. you can get 4K imagery from it. So from any space, imagine if you captured a huge office and you wanted to get photos two months later from an angle looking out a window. You can go back to that data and grab it. You don't have to send a photographer back out. So you yeah. you basically are encapsulating your entire building in your pocket yeah. or your, your space. All right, so so I just put a
0: building on the market. It's 50,000 square feet. It's gorgeous. Uh, and. It's two stories. It's in the Atlanta market here, be a great corporate headquarters for a company. So if I want a Matterport tour that Shanghai showed the building, kind of going in the lobby, it's got a gorgeous lobby, and then showed some of the spaces and views, Matterport, a good good for that. And what price ranges
2: might I look at investing in that? I think Matterport's a good thing for it, but not totally. I think okay. you when, the way you describe the project, which mm-hmm. is a lot of my clients refer projects just like that. Mm-hmm is you have to capture the context of the area first. You might go with a drone for that. You might go with 360 video because there's something about hearing and seeing the sights and sounds of the area versus Matterport, which is really good for interiors. Matterport's not really an outside camera, so you would use Matterport interior-wise, but then you would get into 360 video for maybe the lobby, something with energy in it that you want to capture because 360 video is capturing live sounds along with just animated moving objects, whatever, cars, whatever. Yeah. So if you want to show that energy, 360 video is a way to do it. The way to look at each package, whether that's a Matterport tour or a minute of the 360 video, which is quite heavy in the production side, about 1500 bucks a minute for the 360 video, and that's mm-hmm. fully produced. It's not a consumer camera. Mm-hmm. This is a, a very high-end professional camera that mm-hmm. looks Pretty off the charts amazing and, and, and the user can manipulate it grab the screen you know and look look around the area Matterport you're looking at about 1500 bucks also but that's for a, a space up to about 5000 square feet per minute of product no that, that's just oh. the entire finished product okay that's the confusing part 360 video a minute is a lot going into that minute that's mm-hmm. 1500 mm-hmm. and the Matterport an entire space up to 5,000 square feet, which could be a whole office space possibly. And then you get into, if you have a massive space, you wouldn't really capture every single inch of it because a lot of it might be hallways or big open areas. You could capture certain spaces. So if you went in with Matterport captured your five key spaces, you could jump between those Matterport spaces, if that makes sense. And
0: if you're listening to this show, you're driving around, uh, you want to see some of this, uh, visit the show website, creshow.com, and hit uh, the button Watch and you can see some of this uh, in action. And, and let's go to drones, you mentioned drones. Uh, you know, a lot of people have seen the drone technology kind of improve, I think some of the- Dramatically. Uh, dramatically, and the laws have kind of relaxed. Uh, what are some tips
2: for us regarding drone uh, footage? Again, it, it, it's, a, it's an industry where a bunch of people got into it overnight. So do your homework on, on who you're hiring. The key things to make sure they have, make sure they have their FAA mm-hmm. approval and requirement. That is a big one and make sure they have insurance. Which because
0: they're professional, right? And you're hiring them, they need it?
2: On the drone side. Okay. So, so those, just to operate the drone. Mm-hmm. Then you get into post-production, which okay. drone video is not really the same process as just standard video, if you want to call it that. Mm-hmm. It really is a very different beast from stabilization to um, some of the color corrections and things you need to do and, and replacements inside the video can be very different and a little more advanced. I think also that um, you need someone that can tell a story, and that's what we pride ourselves on, is I've been working with big brands for a long time and understand what they need. Be sure that who you hire has that experience, or at least some with major brands, because as you know, the major brands just have marketers at a higher level, they have a lot of requirements at a higher level, so you kind of get a better product.
0: Right, yeah, if you're putting a, Uh, 50,000 square foot beautiful building on the market. You don't want a crappy little drone footage. And what happens is
2: a lot of people who just didn't know better have hired these people and show up with horrible video. Mm -hmm. I've had double digit times where clients have had to scrap entire chunks of video that they had someone's um, grandson (laughs) had a drone and they sent him out to this big high rise and they got back what they got back. Right. But like working with like Jones Lang LaSalle and CBRE, they really understand the value of that, that asset can live on. So not only is it marketing their you know, $600 million building, it can become a marketing video for just a little bit more when they sell the asset, and it's kind of a nice piece to add in.
0: Yeah, and that's a good point. It could be the other way around where um, we're selling a building, right? And we want some footage and and, uh, 360 or we want drone. Uh, But then after we sell that building, the buyer needs to lease it. They need to manage
2: it. uh, So
0: that can live on and and be uh, adjusted somewhat. You can fragment the pieces and create.
2: You could create a Matterport tour, strip it of all the um, materials that you've put on the inside, Mm -hmm. like links and stuff and completely turn it into a marketing asset.
0: Yeah. You know, and it's interesting to see how much video has been used recently and and it's kind of really changed because now everyone has fast internet, right? We right. all can watch videos and we all want to. I, I've talked to a lot of people who watch and listen to the show and there's a large number of people that say, well, I watch it. I've, I've never heard it. I've always yeah. watched it. And I think more and more that people are really used to that. We all have that power. We'll you talk- couldn't
2: have done this show five years ago because yeah. internet people struggle and everyone expects a television experience it wasn't always that now we have a gigabit like it's nothing that's right talk to us about panorama and drones drone panoramas are, are a pretty impressive tool to sell context we do a lot with our hospitality clients where we can go in and capture from a drone one big call it a map but a real life map of that area so we're basically capturing every single thing obviously on a beautiful day so it looks gorgeous and inviting your tourism day and then that becomes kind of the base for putting in a lot of these items we talked about, Matterport virtual tours, 360 videos. So whether it's, you wanna feel what it's like to stand right at the pool and you go into a 360 video or you wanna walk around the presidential suite, it really opens up for a buyer amazing context that people are craving. You talk about the online experience. Now everyone expects their own little personal TV show. This is like an interactive TV show. It's almost like you're watching a travel channel or a commercial real estate channel show because you can steer the content. And and that's just very recent that you've been able to really get in and get, you know, that deep and granular with a product, whether you're yeah. selling it. Renting it or trying to get people to come visit it.
0: Yeah, and I think it's an absolute no-brainer when you have a product that has some shelf life. You know, if you're leasing hotel rooms, I'm renting hotel right. rooms, or you're leasing office space. Uh, what a great tool because you're going to use this for a very long time as opposed to if I when I
2: sell this building, I hope to sell this building in four or five weeks. Right. You know, <laughs> so well, think about it from a commercial real estate perspective. Yeah. And I've had clients like this where you come in, you capture this drone panorama of your uh, maybe it's a boring rural just office park right well you can turn that boring office park into a really cool presentation and woo a big client you know one big client's gonna make a a big difference in your uh you know on the bottom line Mm. you take this drone panorama and then eventually you're gonna have your spaces maybe available where you keep capturing you can add to it so you've got this space and now you're leasing it but think about building the context outward So you go into an area, and we just did one recently, that was a very vanilla building, but they had a killer trail, like a walking trail nearby. You build that context in, so someone's pulling up the map, and then you have a little side video you've embedded inside the panorama that shows this trail and shows people jogging, maybe a 10 second drone video that shows just what, you know, looking down on this greenway. Things like that, that you can build in if your asset isn't sexy, and that's a lot of them. Yeah. I mean, whether they're in a, a weird part of town way out, or maybe your building isn't aesthetically a gorgeous building, well, you can still sell it because yeah. you can take everything around that neighborhood, the best restaurant in town, easy access to whatever highway, there's a lot of things you can do.
0: Yeah, well, it makes sense because you look at the old adage of location, location, yeah. location, so it is about what's around you.
2: We're and everything's different. Yeah. Every project is 100% yeah. different.
0: Yeah, well, we're gonna take a quick break when we get back Steve, I want to ask you about the top three tips for video marketing and the top three mistakes to avoid. So stay with us. I'm Michael Ball. This is America's Commercial Real Estate Show. Buildout, the best all-in-one marketing tool for your brokerage. Learn how you can create marketing materials instantly and streamline your property listings process. Visit buildout.com. Welcome back to America's Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Bull. Have you checked out exceligent.com? They have building data all over the U.S. exceligent.com. Check them out. Today we're talking about technology for commercial real estate. My guest is Steve Barnes. He's president of Barnes Creative Studios. He's here in Studio One. Steve, we just talked about some of the amazing technology that you can use in, in video uh, photography and in marketing and and uh, today. And looking
2: at your notes,
0: it's kind of a whirlwind. It's a whirlwind. <laughs> so what I want to share get from you today in this segment is the top three tips for video marketing for commercial real estate and then the top three mistakes to avoid. So if we can start with tips, what is tip number three
2: on video marketing for commercial real estate? Tip number three is understand what you're buying. A lot of times You get into a scenario where people are throwing things at you and you may not understand exactly because the technology is moving so fast, what exactly it is you're buying, whether it's Matterport and there's data and there are things you can do with that data beyond just looking at a pretty picture versus 360 video versus drone video, panoramas. There's so much. Just understand what you're getting.
0: Okay. Yeah, that's a good tip. So, you know, what you can do with it today and maybe what you can do with it tomorrow. Okay. Tip number two. Be
2: succinct quickly get your product in front of somebody. These days, video times are shrinking from what used to be two and a half minutes was a standard. Now it's a minute and below. And you know what's driving that minute and below? Instagram, believe it or not. Really? Your video needs to be so succinct and put together to not lose attention. That's all the time we have today, folks. Yep, we're done. (laughs) But yeah, so, so keep it succinct, keep it under a minute cut all the crap out Mm. like understand what you're putting together and that leads into number one number one tell a story tell a story a story's got pieces right it's got a beginning a middle and an end look at your product or your asset or whatever it is you're videoing the same way don't fly around and show some city for 15 seconds Show it for three mm-hmm. and, and align your story to be a, a, a nice selling tool for you that you can use you know across all mediums.
0: Okay, good tips. Now, let's talk about the mistakes to avoid with video marketing. Mistake number three to avoid. Um,
2: I think mistake number three is choose the correct medium. It kind of goes with understanding what you're buying mm-hmm. and realize that you can use that across social media channels. You can use that in ad placements. You can use that, think about the big picture And how you can spread that piece of media out
0: yeah so don't think of one thing that you're thinking you're getting this
2: for there might be a lot of uses if i could tell you how many people left stuff on the table even after advising them you know you can do this and they just it's it's like becomes loud noise Mm -hmm. and they just are fixated on that one thing maybe they saw someone else had or whatever and then they just it sits
0: yeah well that's a good example i mean today we have all these social media we have e-marketing. We have websites, but you know maybe we use clips of these uh, videos
2: uh, in the social media, right? And and a tip for that is is when you do use it in social media, use it natively in whatever network you're going on. So if you're going to put your ad or your stuff, your your media on Twitter, actually upload that to Twitter. To Twitter. And we because not a you're going to get not a link yeah. because Twitter is going to have it auto-playing if it's under a certain amount of time and it's gonna be a nice, big, fat piece of media. And it's like that, on, they're all giving precedence now to their media. Yeah,
0: they don't want the people leaving their site. Yep, right, okay. Mistake to avoid number two.
2: Number two, um, don't buy on price. You can really burn yourself buying on price. You're gonna end up wasting money in the long run. I understand budgets, so maybe add in budgeting as you know, another tip T- to know you're gonna want some of these, because to stay competitive, You almost have to have these shiny new technology marketing toys. Yeah I mean you do. I mean people want to see video today and there's a lot
0: of people that watch our show that that don't want to listen. They really want to watch. It's all visual. But don't
2: buy on price. It'll it'll end up hurting you and your brand in the end and I'm not just saying that. I think there's a big big area of expertise from really low to really high and the price is going to be higher to get a good product
0: yeah and think about it if if you're leasing uh, office space you're leasing a shopping center or you're uh, renting hotel rooms or resort rooms think about that's a long shelf life you can use this video in so many ways that's where hey the budget should be pretty strong right uh, as compared to maybe something you're selling that you have to yeah that'd be four or five weeks all right
2: mistake number one to avoid don't hire someone's grandson to do your media. <laughs> Little Timmy. Little Timmy, as I call him. It, it happens yeah. more than you would believe. Mm-hmm. It's, just, it's just not worth it for your brand. Yeah. I mean, just it, it kind of piggybacks on, on don't buy on price. But also buy on professionalism. It, you just don't want a bad piece of media. It's not gonna. It's not gonna go anywhere.
0: Yeah, and plus you won't be able to do all the things with it that if you just little Timmy did you a, a drone video
2: for you, right? And it's shaky and it's, and it's going over the city. Yeah, and it, and it has that that weird eye kind of look to it. <laughs> Fish eye. Fish eye. Yeah, that's the biggest thing to look for. If yeah. your horizon is warped yeah. or your horizon is tilted like that. You're in commercial real estate, there are no buildings leaning like that. <laughs> but if little Timmy does your video, it will hope, be leaning.
0: You hope not. And if you're listening to this uh, show, uh, visit the show website. You can see some of this technology in use. Just go to CREshow.com and click watch and check out uh, Steve uh, Barnes' videos there. It's uh, amazing stuff. Steve, Thank thanks you. for joining us today. Absolutely. Thanks Le- Thanks for letting me come in. Yeah. And stay tuned. We're going to have some, uh, some more technology. Did you know that you can invest small amounts of money? in large commercial properties with very experienced sponsors and you can do it right now anytime you want stay with us we'll have more i'm michael bull this is america's commercial real estate Show.
2: video is powerful some of the biggest brands in commercial real estate have trusted us to tell their story we are barnes creative studios premier commercial real estate video services barnescreativestudios.com Would you like access to
0: invest in institutional quality commercial real estate with experienced sponsors with small amounts of money? Of course you would. Visit realcrowd.com. Choose between Core, Core Plus, Value Add, or Opportunistic. Visit realcrowd.com. Welcome back. I'm Michael Ball, and this is America's Commercial Real Estate Show. This segment is brought to you by my company, Bull Realty. We are headquartered in Atlanta and provide commercial real estate services. Visit bullrealty.com. Well, today we're talking about commercial real estate technology. Please welcome my next guest, Adam Hooper. He is co-founder and CEO of real Crowd. He's joining us on Skype. Adam, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Michael. Glad to be here on the show again. It's been a while. Adam, you, you're involved in commercial real estate. You're involved in technology. Seems like there's been a lot of money invested in technology uh, in the last several years of commercial real estate, like we've never seen before. What do you see right. from your desk?
3: Yeah, it's an interesting space. It's an interesting time. You know, since 2012, I was looking at CB Insights is the a company that tracks a lot of venture capital investment activity, and every year since 2012, we've been setting new records for. Venture capital investments in the commercial real estate space. So, 2016, about 2.6 billion dollars was invested in the commercial real estate technology space. About 270 deals. So, that's you know the, the highest we've seen. 2017 is on track to beat that by about 10-15%. So, definitely very exciting time in the industry. Um, you know, lots of corporate investors. Uh, we're seeing some M&A activity with some acquisitions by some some industry players. So, it's it's a good time to be in the real estate tech world
0: yeah yeah it's very interesting uh to see all the money invested in it and it's kind of followed residential seems like residential was the big investment first and, and now recently it's been commercial real estate and and one of those places where technology's really changed thing is 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 crowdfunding and people being able to invest in commercial real estate deals is kind of democratizing commercial real estate. You know, like we used to have to be to the country club and have a million dollars to invest in commercial real estate, but now we can do it with small amounts of money. So tell us about the crowdfunding space for commercial real estate. How is it evolving? Where is it today?
3: Yeah, you know, it's an interesting question, right? I mean, we're four and a half years into it here at Real Crowd, uh, about three and a quarter billion of total real estate value through the platform, but it still feels like we're just getting started. So we've got some different business models that are starting to emerge. You know, when we first started, we were focused as a marketplace. We've stayed true to that. You've got the operating model where platforms are acting as more of a lender originator of loans or joint venture partner for equity. Uh, groups like Fundrise, they've started their own non-traded REIT series. So there's, we're starting to see some different segmentation in terms of the business model, um, overall volume, you know, again, we've seen about 3 billion of real estate on the platform. Sounds like a lot, but that's really not much in the, in the grand scheme of things for the real estate space. So I think we're, you know, I'd say maybe starting to get towards the first inning, we've built the stadium and now we're starting to kind of figure out how to play ball. Um, but lots of, lots of things can Kind of coming down the line and, and different changes going together. So it's it's been an interesting run. I think there's still a lot that's going to happen. We're starting to see some platforms uh, get acquired. We've seen some platforms shut down, unfortunately. Um, so, you know, I think we're going to see some more changes before... You really settle into the stride for the industry as a
0: whole. Yeah. Well, um, there's probably a hundred thousand people that will listen and, and watch this show, Adam, and and most of those people are very experienced commercial real estate participants. And some of those people are interested in investing some small amounts of money in commercial real estate, uh, maybe uh spreading their their risk around to different projects and not having to run those projects themselves. So if a listener or viewer is interested in investing and crowdfunding uh, commercial real estate deals and investor, what tip would you give them? You know, so we've got a little plug for our own podcast here. Um, We
3: have a lot of great sponsors on our podcast uh, and a lot of attorneys on the podcast that we've done a couple episodes with and the consistent theme is, is sponsor, 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 right? right. You pick the jockey, not the horse. So a lot of it is you're, you're relying on that sponsor as the expert. And that's how we've set ourselves up as the platform is to make sure that we're finding the best real estate companies to come and and offer these investment opportunities. So, you know, I would say it it all goes, it all starts rather with the sponsor. Who are you, excuse me, who are you partnering with? Um, What's their track record? What's their background? How have they executed on these kinds of deals before? You know, Do you trust them as a, a manager of your capital? And then from there, you can start looking at the deals. You can look at the structure and really kind of dig in on the specifics. But, you know, number one, number one tip is, is make sure you're working with really, really good sponsors. Um, and, you know, you're going to find those through, through quality platforms out there.
0: Yeah, and that's, I think, a very good tip. And, you know, if you're somebody like me and, and our firm, we're dealing with these sponsors. We're selling them properties, and, we, and we're selling them development deals. So, you know, we are studying these sponsors all the time. But what if you are a lawyer, you're an accountant, and you're not in the space like we are? How do you really check out a sponsor?
3: It's a good question. You know, I think it goes to track record and background. Um, you know, as a, as a minimum requirement on real crowd, we have people, they have to have at least 25 million of acquisition activity to be a rising sponsor, 50 million as a established sponsor. So that's you know, the baseline that we set. And then you got to look at the team. Uh, we provide track record information. We provide what the historical returns have been um, as, a, as a direct marketplace. We always encourage investors to reach out directly to the sponsor and have that communication. Uh, we usually do webinars. so You can kind of get a feel for the personality and you can get a feel for the approach and what they like about the particular deal that's on there. Um, it's, it's, you know, real estate is relationships, Michael, and you know that it's it's all about building those relationships. So um, what we try to do is, is give people a platform to build that relationship in a more efficient way, right? right? Have access to those people where they can start to build that relationship and have that conversation versus, as you said, you know, if you don't, if you didn't know somebody that knew somebody, uh, you weren't in the deal. Right, and so now that's the change is, is you can come to these platforms and you can find these opportunities online, and you have that access, uh, both in in just availability of deals and in
0: ticket size that you just you didn't have before. Yeah, we're talking with Adam Hooper about crowdfunding, and and Adam, talk to me about a sponsor. I'm an investor. I'm I'm buying a project. Um, what are the benefits of me using crowdfunding versus other forms of capital? As a sponsor? Yes. Uh, as a sponsor, it's direct
3: investments, right? So it's the reason we started this company was for, for this method of raising capital to be, a, you know, a, a big thing, we have to make it more efficient to raise a, a large amount of capital from a bigger number of smaller investors, right? We have to make that more efficient than what's done historically, which would be going to institutions, uh, family offices, or just syndicating within their own network. And so from the sponsor side of things, this is a really efficient way to, to raise that capital. Um, you know, it's, it's opening up a pool of investors that they would just never otherwise have the ability to get in front of. Uh, we submit deals to about 20,000 investors plus or minus, and you know, that that's, you, you have to have a technology platform to make that efficient. And so that's really what we focus on from the sponsor side is how can they efficiently tell that message to these investors. And then once you generate that interest, how can you convert that into an actual check? Uh, and, and create that relationship, and have that investor in
0: your in your um, in your network for future deals as well. Okay. And how might that check compare uh, in time and cost compared to other capital sources?
3: So we charge. We don't charge a commission. We you know we we don't charge a variable fee. We charge a fixed fee to use the platform. Um, if you look effective cost of capital across the the life of our company, it's around two and a half percent so or so. You know, roughly two two and a half percent so it's a fairly reasonable cost of capital. Uh, but the benefit is again, you have that investor in your network and you can go back to them for future deals too. Yeah. Um, wise you know, we've seen a deal. We actually launched one, uh, one of our, our case studies, uh, we launched it on December 23rd and, uh, by Christmas, they had over three and a half million dollars committed to their deal. Um, so it can go pretty quick. You know, we're starting to see deals raise anywhere from two, three million on the low end up to we've had deals raise seven or eight million now, uh, for an individual transaction over a period of a few weeks. So it's definitely the the mass that capital is being raised. You know, last time we were on the show, I think uh, we had maybe done just a couple deals, but we're you know we're well into the hundreds of millions of funded now. So the the mass of capital going into deals and the speed that that can go um, has definitely increased to to where it's becoming a meaningful source of capital, and that's you know what we always wanted it to be when we started. And I think we're I think we're about there.
0: Yeah. Well, it's an amazing sector of commercial real estate, both from the the sponsor side for the capital and from the investor side to to be able to get into these large projects. And and I don't want to let you go, Adam, without asking you about cyber security. You know, you're in the space, um, you're in technology, uh, and I think commercial real estate companies, whether they're they're sponsors or investors or, or property managers or brokers or whoever we are, we have to be a little more concerned with cyber security than we we, we have in the past. what are some tips for us?
3: Well you know it's exactly right Michael And it's, it's a big issue obviously everything that's going on right now we're, we're not becoming any any less reliant on technology <laughs> right so a lot of it comes down to the the caliber of the platforms and and you know with security which, which vertical of the technology space are we talking about? Right? Mm -hmm. Um, we're dealing with investor information. We're dealing with bank account information. We're dealing with large sums of money. Uh, naturally that makes us a target. And other crowdfunding platforms, a potential target for, um, those, those kind of nefarious acts. So everything, you know, on, on our sites, all bank level encryption, uh, secured, stored in the cloud, you know, there there's different kind of base security protocols that the platform should be following. If you have questions, ask, Um, If you're concerned about it, and we've got a a page that describes our security on the website. You should have that. Most websites should have that. Um, Always have to be a little bit skeptical, though. You have to be careful. If something doesn't look right, if it doesn't, you know, pass that that smell test, you know, maybe maybe ask a few more questions before you start putting too much information in there. Um, You know, on the other side of the space with the, you know, we're seeing a lot of technology around kind of listing and data aggregation models. Uh, property information, um, you know, Credify and Excelligent and LoopNet and all those. Not as huge of a concern with the, the cybersecurity out there. You know, they're not dealing with personal information and bank information, but still something to take very seriously. And, and again, I would say if you have questions, ask.
0: Right. Well, Adam, I have to congratulate you. You used our keyword nefarious. You win a commercial <laughs> real estate show coffee cup. It is on go. the way to you. <laughs> fantastic. Thanks. That's fantastic. Well, Adam, uh, great work. Great information. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks, Michael. Good to be back on the show. And thanks for joining us out there on the radio stations, on iTunes, on Stitcher, uh, however you're listening or watching uh, on YouTube. Uh, be sure to subscribe. Look up with us on social media. And be sure and join us next week. And until then, be sure you always lead, learn, and laugh. And join us for America's Commercial Real Estate Show. America's Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you by Bull Realty Asset and Occupancy Solutions. Excelligent, building data everywhere. Real Crowd, crowdfunding with the professionals. Get Valuate, online investment analysis. Build out, marketing for your brokerage. For more information on these great companies, visit CREshow.com. And be sure to subscribe on iTunes and YouTube and connect with us on your favorite social media.